next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they ain't. Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hooda, and welcome back to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brendan Ertle. I'm alongside my co-host, Nate Williamson. Nate, what's up? How's it going? Dude, it's going great. Back in the saddle. It feels so good. We are going to finally talk about some stuff. Let's see if I can talk about the other football. I've been talking about soccer for what seems like the entire summer, so it'll be different. And rightfully so. It's been completely dead in the NFL, so we haven't had a bunch to talk about. Um, lots of other sports going on, NHL, NBA, of course, soccer. So mm-hmm. uh, it's been kind of dead in the NFL. But today we're going to talk about some um, some training camp battles that are coming up, some positional group battles. So that should be interesting. We're going to go over pretty much every single position group. Um, obviously, some are pretty much set, like running back. But uh, let's just jump right into it. I'll, I'll kind of hand it off to you. This quarterback one um, competition is always going to be Jameis versus Taysom. That's mm-hmm. going to be the quarterback one competition. And the loser of that will obviously get two. Uh, and the quarterback three competition as well, Ian Buck versus Trevor Simeon, they always keep uh, a third quarterback on the roster. So give me your initial thoughts on that battle. I, I think QB one, uh, with the amount of stuff that we're seeing about Jameis Winston working this route with the receivers and Taysom Hill not. I mean, he's a low-key guy. We, we know he's more of a low-key guy. He's never going to be one of the guys that's out there that's showy um, and that's out there, you know, kind of showing. He's a work-in-silence guy, Taysom Hill. Uh, as far as Jameis, we're seeing all these videos of him working with guys, telling his receivers exactly what he likes, showing that he knows what they like to do. It 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 just has the inklings of being already wrapped up in terms of QB1. Now, I think QB2 is going to be interesting because do we really see Taysom as a true QB2? If he knows that he's going to be a QB2, who's to say he wouldn't rather be quarterback three and be able to play every snap? We know he's a big football guy. He loves the game. He loves to be on the field. And honestly, isn't he more effective in a QB3 than a QB2? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's going to be tough to see, you know, as far as Ian Book versus Trevor Simeon. I know who I would rather have kept around. I think Ian Book should stay with the team at least uh, because if you, let's say, God forbid, you know, Jameis gets hurt, Taysom gets hurt. If you need a veteran quarterback to come in and do what Trevor Simeon is going to do, you can find one. There's no shortage of washed up quarterbacks hanging around the NFL, just ready for their time. And I, I would just much rather see the developmental process of Ian Book a chance be taken on that because the Saints clearly saw something in him. It's not like he was a UDFA, you know, mm-hmm. it, so I, it's a weird situation, but strangely, I'm like really hyped about it. I'm actually very happy about it. Before I say my thoughts, I got to jump all over something that you said. Uh, the thing about Taysom being quarterback too, I haven't thought too much about this and it feels like it's already kind of that. Yes, there's a quarterback battle, quote unquote, but it feels like it's James, James's spot to lose. Mm-hmm. if Taysom doesn't get that starting quarterback position, he's not going to want to sit on the sideline, obviously. like He's going to want to play. Would he rather say, okay, go put me at tight end. I'll go block. I'll do this. 
he said kind of this offseason that he doesn't want to do that anymore, obviously, because he wants to be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't win that job and he's not getting playing time, does he want to go get on the field and just be a fullback, be a tight end, be a wide receiver sometimes? Will he want to do that? And that's kind of a big question. And if if it's a scenario where tame, uh, I'm doing the tape, <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen this year. Will they put Taysom in for like a QB spy or a QB draw or whatever and just do his QB run still in that offense? Do you want your quarterback to doing that if he gets hurt? So mm-hmm. kind of like what you said, your first two quarterbacks aren't going to get hurt. There's no shot. I mean, but with the Saints, there's a freaking – hard-nosed running back so i mean that's kind of interesting could book be kind of be that quarterback two position and i completely agree about ian book um i think they wouldn't have taken him in the fourth round if they didn't think his floor is at least a chase daniel keep him around for four five six years just even just be a backup quarterback i know we have these big dreams that he could be a star quarterback kind of like drew Brees out of nowhere but it's it's slim he didn't show a lot Mm -hmm. of great passing things in college he did so show show some promising um just some runs and techniques Mm -hmm. at the senior bowl but it's more of a project but i think he can be a solid backup for you for for forever forever long but yeah i think this this is james's spot to lose and i am the biggest believer in training camp hype videos i always hype (laughs) players off what i see i'm not actually at the camps i wish i could make it um one day i hope so but what I see on the film from Nick Underhill and Mike Triplett, that's what gets embedded in my brain. I know I'm going to see a bunch of deep passes from James to uh, Traquan Smith. So I just, I think this battle's already set, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, no, I, I think that is the most important part about it. You can't stress out about it too much because you can't do anything about it. And, you know, as far as the NFL goes with Taysom Hill, if you want to stick around the NFL in an era where there are so many young promising quarterbacks who want to be the next quarterback. I mean, dude, you're over 30 years old. Like the, the odds are stacked against you staying in the NFL from the first place. We've seen it happen time and time again. I think he's got to, and you hate to wish this upon someone because sure, maybe he could be a quarterback one day of some team for some time. We've seen him do it with the saints already. It's not a bad place to be. You have to stake your claim of why you need to be in the NFL. And if that comes down to you working as a makeshift fullback, you working as, you know, arguably a really good tight end option so far, you you have to do it, you know, and if it's that or be forced to retire, uh, that's it. I mean, it might not be as easy of a decision for someone like him. You never know what's going on inside of a player's head, but for me, I mean, I want to be out there playing every game, and I think he probably feels the same way. And one thing, one last thing I talk about the quarterbacks real quick. That 49ers game, when Drew Brees went down, um, of course, Sean Payton promised, yeah, Taysom, you're going to start if you get the chance this next season. And that's he kept his promise. He did start. But the first quarterback that tried on the field was Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. And Sean Payton's like, well, he's not starting, so I can put Jameis in first. I thought that – that was really interesting that he decided to put Jameis in. Yeah, they kind of switched both quarterbacks for the rest of the game to kind of both in. But Jameis tried on the field first. So that's just something to keep in your mind, that, that Jameis was the first one out there. Yeah, just something to watch. You know, it's, sometimes it's the little things that speak the most. So it, it it's definitely going to be an interesting saga to follow going forward. But I think it's a little more cut and dry than even, 
you know, we would like to see it hyped up to be because, you know, if it does get crazy, we've got a lot to talk about. But if it's pretty cut and dry, at least we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Speaking of cut and dry, let's talk about wide receiver one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's Michael Thomas. There is no question. Uh, moving on to this wide receiver position group. I saw a tweet I had to mention uh, that was mentioning all the NFC South wide receiver depths, and they, they were all pretty good, and they show the Saints. And it says wide receiver one, Michael Thomas, wide receiver two, Michael Thomas, wide receiver three, Michael Thomas. And that kind of feels like what it is, but it, it, it's it's really not. So obviously that wide position, the wide receiver one is Michael Thomas, uh, but wide receiver two it could be Traquan Smith, and we say this every year. Will he have a breakout year? Will he have a breakout year? But I'm just gonna keep saying it till it happens. I think he will break all year. Uh, his press conferences with the media saying, uh, "James told him if you're 60, 70 yards downfield, keep running, keep running." Mm-hmm. That's what we like to hear. That's kind of what he did at UCF um, in college. Like he was kind of that deep shot receiver, and when he got here with the Saints, he just kind of wasn't that because that wasn't really the mold of the offense. Drew, of course, his arm. And whatever else last year couldn't really reach it out deep to him, but he's always find a, found a way to make a big play. And pretty much every game, it feels like he's always making one, at least one big play. Um, so that's one really interesting thing is does Trey Con really grab onto that wide receiver two position? Um, is there any competition for that spot? Of course. I, I, I think Marquez Callaway is the closest one to that spot. Um, maybe Deontay Harris, depending on what, uh, the offense looks like, but I think Harris could be slotted at the wide receiver three. Uh, we got the Quan Bakers, Jim McCleskey, all these other guys. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think wide receiver two is pretty clear cut. Also, I think it's Alvin Kamara. <laughs> oh, true, true. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think you could leave him out, but of course, yeah, no, I, I, I think wide receiver two, especially this season, Traquan Smith is going to have either a make it or break it season during his time with the Saints. Uh, now you don't have any excuses. Okay, you can't run or you can't be as effective on the routes that were in the last playbook. That is absolutely fine. Sometimes a scheme doesn't favor a player. Sometimes that's how you do it. You sacrifice the performance of other players, keep them middling at best, you know, in order to really use your strengths, a.k.a. the literal probably going to be a legendary Saints player in Michael Thomas, I would argue, um, if he stays, you know, the whole time. And eh, we'll talk about that another time. But (laughs) truthfully, it really depends on this QB situation we talked about. But now with Jameis Winston, there is no excuse. Traquan, like you said, and like uh, my co-host on another podcast, several, you know, NFL draft, Jake Shavink always says, Traquan was a downfield receiver. Jake was a guy that was really high on Traquan. He was glad that the Saints drafted him. And poof, not much happened, you know, and really this is the year that's make it or break it, in my opinion, for Traquan Smith, you know, as far as someone who could challenge him for that, I think you're right about Marquez Callaway, like formationally being the closest at wide receiver too. But I think in terms of targets, it might honestly be Deontay Harris. Now, is it in terms of yards catches? That remains to be seen. It's probably going to be more likely to be Marquez Callaway or maybe even Kawan Baker. Uh, but, you know, Deontay Harris, Lil Jordan Humphrey, you know, Jalen McCleskey, I don't really count on doing that much, but they also have Aesop Winston Jr. You know, there's a lot of options and they're going to try a lot of different things. I have a pretty good feeling, but you know, it's going to be all reliable. It's going to be Michael Thomas. It's going to be, you know, his standard routes. Uh, they're really going to play to that. And, you know, they'll try and stretch down the field with him too. I mean, he's got the length, but he's also got the speed. He didn't get to show it off too much, but yeah, I just love the idea of them blowing the top off with Deontay Harris mm-hmm. and Michael Thomas being in the mid range and being able to 
wrap that up. And, you know, even when they cover that Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield, that's scary to a lot of defensive coordinators. Mm -hmm. uh, And rightfully so if Jameis is 20% more accurate than he was the last time we saw him for real. And if that LASIK that he says worked really worked, I mean, I don't want to hype the offense up too much, but ceiling (laughs) better than last season in terms of effectiveness, working downfield floor, Obviously, you lost Drew Brees, so that's always going to hurt. But I can't really finish that sentence without sounding like an idiot. So just know that I have high hopes. Absolute worst. I mean, kind of what Drew did last year. Just dump it off to Kamara, hope for the best. Dude had 500-plus yards after the catch. So that's something you always can rely on, honestly. Kind of in that wide receiver room. That position set, there's no comp. There's there's no combination there. It's it's Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, and maybe Tony Jones Jr. Uh, maybe they'll keep him around, but not much competition there. Also, the offensive line, that's pretty much set. Uh, those, uh, let's see, the center guard, I mean, everything's set there. You could talk about Landon Young or uh, whoever else might be the swing tackle. That's pretty much set. Uh, the tight end room is iffy. We got Adam Troutman, Nick Vanette. And inner seam one, actually, Juwan Johnson. I'm actually really excited to see what he can do. Um, he's had some promising catches over the past few, few, few years. Um, but pretty much not a lot there. I mean, obviously losing Jared Cook, who uh, was supposed to be this Pro Bowl tight end, wasn't really, had some good targets, had some okay moments, but had some obviously worse moments. Uh, but those three positions are pretty much set. Uh, any thoughts on those? No, not really. I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with those. They're pretty much set in stone. Uh, I, truthfully, a lot of the offense seems to be set in stone and mm-hmm. a decent bit of the defense is too. So uh, in some ways that's a luxury. And in some ways you really know what you're, um, what you're lacking to a point as well. Yeah. So training camp, we're not going to see much there. Uh, switching on the other side of the football. I'm actually really excited for this first position battle. And I don't think at the end of the day it'll be much of a battle, but I just kind of want to see how these players look in these different positions. Um, it's a it's a linebacker room, and obviously Demario Davis will be in the middle. Yeah. Um, but they have some promising guys and guys who need to take a step forward this year. Obviously, it took Pete Warner, a linebacker from House State, in the second round. Big hopes for this guy. He, he can hopefully be that uh, fill-in linebacker for where Quan Alexander was. Still would like to see Quan Alexander back on this team next year somehow, some way. Uh, but Caden Ellis, Zach Bond, Zach Bond is a huge one. Uh, they traded up to get him. He needs to take a step forward uh, this season or it's not good for him. So what do you think about those players right there? Man, it, obviously you got to talk about Demario Davis first. You know, anytime that he has had even a capable partner to his side, it's just been absolutely brilliant. One of the best middle linebackers in terms of coverage and in terms of downhill in the league, in my opinion, I think super slept on as well by anyone outside of the Saints organization, but that is just fine. Keep that man in New Orleans until he ceases to be even slightly productive. I never want to see another New Orleans Saints linebacker battle again, unless it is like highly competitive Pete Warner, Chase Hansen, Zach Bond, Caden Ellis in the next couple of years. Like, like I don't want to watch another, you know, mid 2000s linebacker game. Just not fun. But overall, I really really liked the Pete Warner Warner pick, you know, out of Ohio State using that second round pick on him. And truthfully, Todd McShay said that is his favorite pick for the Saints out of this draft. Um, And, you know, I can't really fight that. You know, I'm really excited 
to see, obviously, someone we'll talk about a little bit later in Peyton Turner on the line. Uh, but overall, I think Pete Werner could be a nice slide in there with the Mario Davis. And if they could use Zach Bond effectively in a formation like he was used in college, it would be huge. It's kind of a similar thing with Traquan, even though I know Traquan a lot more productive so far than what we've seen from Zach Bond. But just overall, he was just not involved enough. You know, seven solo, five assisted tackles. It's just not... It's not been great, ranked over 150th in every major linebacker category. And, you know, if they can find a way to utilize him the way he needs to be, which is probably a little bit more you know, sneak rush off the side, I think he's in for a way better year. Um, and, you know, time tells a lot. Maybe they learn something about it. You know, overall, we're still going to find out. I know that the team is really excited about Chase Hansen. And, of course, we've known that they've been excited about Caden Ellis. So I look for them to be you know, pretty productive as well in that linebacker core. Yeah, Bond is someone that actually at the end of the year, I saw him on the ball a little bit. It is kind of like a weird position. I, I think they're having a hard time putting him out of position. I know he played that edge rusher kind of position in, in college, more of a three, four linebacker. And the Saints don't run that. They haven't ran that since the Dome Patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he didn't really have a fit in this defense. And they kind of try to mold him into um, – a Sam or Will. Uh, Dennis Allen did say last year during training camp, the the COVID training camp where they didn't really get a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did miss 10 days with an ankle injury. So that, of course, will stunt your development. And then you're, the season comes and then you're just lost. I mean, you're just scrambling, just trying to get on the field. Um, the one thing I'll say about Bond is he was kind of productive on special teams. If he can continue to do that, if he can beat out Ellis, uh, Chase Hansen, and those guys at special teams, he should be fine. I mean, his his um, his shot in the roster will be fine if he can beat him out on those spots. But if you ask me today, uh, if the Saints are playing in prime time, you need a player um, to be on the cover. If it's Bucks versus Saints, Tom Brady, I'm putting Demario Davis in another one. I mean, he really is this icon of the team right now. After losing Drew Brees, the Saints posted a picture today on Instagram. It's just Demario Davis, um, their leader, proud kill eat. It, it, he really is going to be the Drew Brees of next year's team. I mean, of course, we're going to have Jameis Winston, uh, who is a vocal leader, more so than Taysom Hill. But Demario Davis will be that guy. He'll be the dude in the huddle. Hopefully, we will not have any Jameis Winston huddle speeches. <laughs> that never goes well. Just leave that to Demario. Know your role. And that's that, that that's Demario's role, is just to hype everyone up in the huddle. But I don't know. There is a list of people i would rather see do the hype uh the huddle hype than james <laughs> winston uh he's pretty far down that list you know i i think you're dead on about that if there's one thing that's for sure about this team that i don't want to see it's that i would rather taste him he'll be qb1 if it comes to that there's <laughs> been some good memes about that that's for sure i've lots of those in my camera roll yes but let's talk about something that really hurts my stomach, makes me not want to talk about this. It's mm-hmm. the cornerback position. Mm-hmm. And this just gives me the absolute heebie-jeebies. And here's why. So cornerback one, obviously Marshall Lattimore. He's great. He's been he's been phenomenal thus far. One of the best corners in Saints history. At me if you don't at me if you don't agree. Okay. He had his offseason. He had his problems. I'm not worried about him being suspended one, two games if not more, for what he did. I'm not going to go in that. We, we've had a podcast about that. 
Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. I mean, so who knows what will happen a lot more. Um, there's that. The cornerback two position. As it stands right now, we have P. Rob, Paulson Adebo, and uh, <laughs> P.J. Williams. And I'm hearing that the Saints might have a tryout for anyone who wants to come out to try out for cornerback positions. Because <laughs> it is that week. I'm going to have to make my way down to the Dome. It can't get much worse. <laughs> I mean, you take not- a 5'10 white guy that runs like like a fat dog. I don't know, man. It might not be that much worse. It's been I mean, ugly. It would be a cheap contract. Yeah, that's true. No cap magic for Mickey required for me. <laughs> Jeez, man. The, I agree with you. The cornerback position outside of Lattimore makes me sick. Uh, and, you know, of course, Gardner Johnson is going to – you know, slide in there a little bit in certain formations and certain packages. You love to see that if he's out there with Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, you know, that kind of stuff, of course. And, you know, you still have PJ to fill in a little bit into the safety in the corner role, but geez, even that just sounds awful. And I hope to goodness that Paulson Adebo is at least a middling cornerback, which I think he will be. Truthfully, I think he will be. He was one of my favorite, you know, kind of slept on cornerback prospects in the draft, which was so deep for secondary, by the way, mm-hmm. that I really do. I, I have a high hope for him. And obviously I really hope that Marshawn is able to play at some point and very early on. Cause otherwise, you know, just, I don't even know what you do run prevent the entire game maybe, and just hope <laughs> you can keep him out of the end zone. I, I don't know what you do, but it wouldn't be pretty, you know, to say the least. I hope P Rob can stay healthy because I do have a lot of faith in him as well. Um, if he can stay healthy and if he can stay on the field, there's a lot of questions. There's not a lot of answers. And I have a feeling it's going to come with some frustration. Uh, but you know, there are so many other strong areas of this team that if it's run the right way, you know, you can still be competitive. You can still be a playoff team. And all you do is got to get in baby. All you got to do is get in. Yeah. And I will say I'm a huge Paulson Debo fan. I'm looking forward to this camp battle. Um, just him against all of our receivers. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I just don't want him to be starting on the field week one. I mean, this is kind of mm-hmm. how you ruin rookie cornerbacks. Uh, it's just their confidence. Confidence is such an important thing, especially for corner. Uh, you don't want to have them lose that week one. So if they don't add another corner, have P-Rob start two, three, four weeks. If P-Rob's playing fine, keep him in. But if Paulson Adebo is coming for his neck, let the kid get a shot. Um one thing I'll add is Mickey Loomis did talk to the media not too long ago, and he said they would like to add a corner. Um, they obviously need depth there. He talked about depth a lot. So what does that mean? Does that mean like a Drake or Patrick, or does that mean like a Richard Sherman or someone that will just kind of uh, be cornerback three, four, but that is interesting. They have around five to 6 million in cap space, mm-hmm. but the longer we wait, the longer the days go by that we don't have a cornerback too is the cheaper they get. So that's something interesting. I'm still hopeful for Richard Sherman. Just keep him for a year. Hopefully, Paulson and Debo can grow into something or you find another option. The The longer this goes on, the cheaper these cornerbacks will get. So uh, it's a win for the Saints. It's a win for – that's a loss for the players, but we'll just have to wait and see on those, honestly. Right. It's – you know, it's kind of one of those things you just have to wait and see, but – Yeah, I agree. You know, I think you need something else in this secondary in the corner group. Anytime you have Keith Washington Jr. and Bryce Thompson listed on that corner group, along with Lawrence Woods, not to slight them, of course, you know, NFL athletes still uh, 
three times, four times, five times, a hundred times better than anything I could ever do. But <laughs> it, it, you still, you just don't, it's not something that breeds a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I do like Grant Haley, but I don't, I like him more on special teams. Um, somebody's going to have to step up uh, for what it's worth with Justin Hardy being gone, of course. Um it's very sad for me as an Illinois grad and Illini fan. Uh, he's one of our few NFL alumni. So, uh, you know, somebody's going to have to step up, you know, both in regular defense and in special teams. I really hope it'll be Paulson Adebo that steps up in regular defense. But, I mean, what I like to call it is the Patrick Mahomes strategy. Save him for a year. Let him learn. Don't let him get injured. Let them learn the scheme, let them work it out, you know, get some reps in practice, get a few reps in games, get some reps in garbage time, and just don't start a rookie year one. It's just not, unless they are clear cut ready for it, it's not usually a great idea. Last thing I'll say about the corner position, might piss some people off. It pisses me off that I'm saying it. The Saints almost went to the NFC Championship with Marshall Lattimore and Ken Crawley. I'm just saying. Yeah, no joke. No joke. So that's someone we haven't named yet. Um, he's obviously on the roster as well. So we'll see how that battle plays out. But like you said, if the defense is ran right, they should be able to most of the time hide that position. But we'll just see. Uh, moving on to this next position, our first round pick is in this, um, is the D-line, Let's specifically the DN. So obviously we got Cam and Davenport. They're the ride-in starters. We got the Peyton Turners, Carl Granderson's, Tanyo Passanio. I'm really excited about this group, honestly. Uh, losing Trey Hendrickson is it's it's going to be tough. But the more I watch Peyton Turner on film, the more I hear from this kid. I I really like him. Um, if you were on the Canastry Chronicles live stream, I didn't have the best reaction of the pick. Neither did most Saints fans. But as time has gone on, I've really grown to like this kid. I think he can really um, maybe not push for a starting spot this year, but kind of be a rot- uh, rotational piece. Same with Tanya Passanio and Carl Granderson. So I think the D the D ends specifically are kind of a B plus rating in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely fair. I think the hardest thing about it is getting Cam Jordan productive off the end based on how much he does see double teams because of the struggles of the interior um, and the struggle to stay healthy. You know, the DT's position, it's not looking great. Brendan, it's not looking great. You know, I do really think David Anumata could take a step forward. I really like his ceiling. And, you know, of course, Malcolm Roach put in some really, really solid time last year. Uh, but, man, does it really come back to Marcus Davenport? I'm really hoping that between him and Peyton Turner, there's a solution there. I think Carl Granderson's going to put in some valuable minutes and make some valuable plays. We've seen that already. Uh, you know, but past that, in terms of comfort, there's got to be an answer between those two with all the investment in them and all the first round picks on this line. I mean, something's got to give, right? Eventually you blind, uh, a blind squirrel has got to find a nut, right? <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess, uh, talking about this last position group, I mean, we're already talking about it is the defensive tackle position group. It's pretty rough. They lost Sheldon Rankins, of course, they're presumed, first round pick who didn't really turn out. Um, I've seen some articles lately about David Onyema taking on a big leadership role. And that's really what he needs to do. He needs to be, have a complete breakout year. He needs to be phenomenal. Um, obviously he's probably been their best DT the past three, four years. I, I can say that with confidence that he's been 
Very, very good. He's gotten better each and every single year from Manitoba, Canada. And most people didn't know when he tried out for football, he thought he was trying out for soccer. So um, (laughs) I'm glad, very glad that he showed up to the football football practice. Um, But besides David Onyemata, Shai Tuttle, Malcolm Roach, both have been somewhat productive. Obviously, Shai Tuttle, people remember the one-handed pick six. Mm-hmm. Not, not pick six, the one-hand whatever with Matt Ryan. Yeah. Um, the, they put up the some stuff. good snaps, <laughs> but there just really hasn't been a lot. And kind of like the cornerback session, I kind of really do expect them to bring someone in, some kind of veteran free agent. Uh, they also have uh, Lorenzo Neal Jr., who I've been talking to. Hopefully, mm-hmm. we can get him on the podcast. Fingers crossed. I would love um, that. He's, he could be promising, but uh, Nick Underhill's talk about this too. Is DT a bigger hole than corner? I don't know just because the way the game's played today, but in terms of just on paper, it definitely could be. I mean, mm-hmm. at least cornerback, we have some promising names like P-Rob and Adebo, but mm-hmm. DT, we got UDFAs there, and it doesn't look great. No, I, I think DT, I think it's kind of spot on. I think DT might be, truthfully, the – the, the whole, you know, in terms of depth at the very least, you know, now if our corner situation gets bad and we start to lose guys to injury or if Paulson Adebo isn't a functional asset there, uh, we'll rediscuss that. But, you know, just as I sit looking at this depth chart, man, it's a DT. There's room uh, for improvement, but also, you know, it's like we say, there's room for somebody to grow into it. You never know. You really never know what's going to happen. You know, whether it's Anya Mata or whether it's a guy on the back end of the depth chart that really comes in and starts to take over. I, I think a lot of that is going to be on the scheme as well. You know, in a division that's so wide receiver loaded, you know, even minus Julio, it's you know, it's going to be really, really quarterback reliant in terms of defense especially if the offense stutters at the start of the year. The one thing I, do, I, I will say about that uh, DT position, th- there is a ton of way to hide the, the lack of depth. And the one thing is, yes, there is this, our division especially is a passing division, uh, Brady, Matt Ryan, Sam Darnold, and they're very prolific offenses. When you go into nickel, you take a DT off the field, you put, a, you put another DB on the field. So that would be that DT2 position. You'd have Onyemata back on the field, kind of at that nose tackle position. So you're taking him off. And they're presumed, they're probably going to be in nickel a ton during these divisional games and uh, some other games like Seattle and Dallas and things like that. So nickel will almost be a base defense. And we've seen over the years that nickel is almost a base defense for a lot of teams. I mean, CJ Gunner Johnson, uh, is is a starter he's a he's a slot corner starter i mean 20 years ago a slot corner wasn't really a a beloved position i mean it wasn't that important yes it was important but not that important and for normal down situations we've seen cam jordan play dt we have seen tanya passanio play dt in kansas city he could be someone that could kind of fill in for a snap or two 10 15 snaps Peyton Turner's a big guy that had success in the interior pass rush in college. So, I mean, there's tons of ways that we could hide uh, kind of the lack of depth at that position. And I know Dennis Allen and Ryan Nielsen do a great job at doing that. So I'm not too worried about it, but I'm really, really looking forward to all these camp battles and all the videos and all the tweets. I'm just getting ready for it. Late June, late July is when we'll kind of uh, get these things ramped up. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think we're going to ramp up. I'm really excited to see Blake Gilligan too at the punter position. Oh, Dude, that's something. I didn't forget about that. 
punter lives matter. You know, we've also got Nolan Cooney in there. So it'll be, it'll be a contest, you know, for the first time. And it really be sad not to see Thomas Morstead, but it had to happen. You know, it, it was cap casualty. It was bound to happen. And if you look at it, your punter being your cap casualty, that feels pretty great. You know? <laughs> and last year training camp, there was pretty much no camp battles. I mean, every single starter was set. I mean, this year, almost every position does have a competition. So this training camp is going to be super important. I'm really looking forward to it. And we'll be keeping you guys posted on this podcast. So stay tuned. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed. We'll keep in touch with all the Saints news. Hopefully we get some Saints news um, in the coming weeks. But you know who we are. I'm Brendan. He's Nate. Check us out on Twitter. And we appreciate the love always. Who that? Who that? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah. You know we are. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know?